0: Hello, Signal Boost listeners. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. After five years on SiriusXM Signal Boost, hosted by Jess McIntosh and me, we ended our run. We got to bring you so many guests through this podcast, and we appreciate... You spending your time with us. I'm delighted that we've relaunched the show as mornings with Zerlina. More of the news, conversations, and explorations you enjoyed on Signal Boost, of course, plus new ways to engage with you, our listeners, such as calls during the live show, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, weekdays on the Progress Channel 127. My partner in feminism, Jess, and I are still very close. We are still friends, but she is out there fighting the good fight for progressive politics and might even pop up for an interview or two on the new show. And of course, Professor Eugene Maxwell fans will be glad to know your favorite biologist and my dad will continue to be a regular guest on Friday mornings. I'll be excited to share all of his future appearances with you. I'm excited as well. And I'll be able to share my favorite Mornings with Zerlina segments and interviews with you here on the podcast. Now stay tuned for the Mornings with Zerlina podcast.
1: The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina.
0: Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining me today is Representative Ilhan Omar from Minnesota's 5th District. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? We were talking about baby formula all morning, and it, it's one of those stories that's making me so mad. <laughs> so mad.
1: So <laughs> mad. <laughs> Good morning to you. It should make all of us mad. I mean, it's a, a very essential need for a lot of parents. And I'm glad that we were able to just um, vote on legislation, uh, provide you know additional $28 million. And I hope it passes in the Senate. Um, and really excited for the president's um, executive order uh, where he invoked the defense production act um, to boost baby formula production. And I I do think one important aspect of what he did um, in authorizing flights to bring imported imports from um, overseas will also make a huge difference at this moment where we're literally bombarded (laughs) with families um, in our district who who are calling in and, I was telling someone, you know, I have three children. Mm -hmm. I exclusively breastfed two of my kids and one of my children, my son, the middle one, refused. And so I would have been in an extremely desperate (laughs) situation (laughs) um, with him uh, if if what's happening today was happening, you know, 16 years ago when I had him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like so many parents um, have have said even if they don't have infants now that they just couldn't imagine um no. having to to worry about where the next bottle can of baby formula um would come from. I mean, I feel right. I mean it's al- yeah.
1: it's already expensive. It's already right. hard.
0: <laughs> right? it's, like, okay. it's not know? like everything was going <laughs>
1: perfectly before this. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of there are a lot of parents who, you know, are struggling just to to Pay for it, uh, and to add the anxiety of not even knowing once you come up with the money that it might not be there, and um, you know, folks who are on WIC um, who who have that access, uh, not being able to to have it be at your grocery store, uh, really. I I, I, like I said, I I'd probably be crying in a corner constantly. So we feel it, and I'm really proud of. my friend and colleague, Johanna Hayes, mm-hmm. for swiftly moving legislation um, and, you know, again, for the administration in, in doing what they did yesterday.
0: So in the vote um, on the funding package, you mentioned um, 192 Republicans voted against this funding package. I, I can't imagine, you know, why they would do that, uh, given the fact that, um, number one, this is an emergency. Number two, they're they pretend to care very much about babies um, now whether or not that is actually, you know, represented in their policies, that's a, that's a whole different question, but given the fact that we, we're all still very much processing, um, you know, the repercussions and the potential impact of abortion rights going away, if the Supreme Court draft opinion becomes the ruling, um, you know, what, do, what's your reaction? I mean, how do you process, re- an opposition political opposition that votes against funding for baby formula while at the same time as a party you know having a policy position that forces people into becoming parents but then not giving them any resources
1: yeah i mean just the audacity uh you know of 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 the republican party that um really wants to just point at problems and never wants to come up with a solution um, is astonishing. They literally had a press conference yesterday morning and, you know, (laughs) 10 hours later um, on on the baby formula um, uh, crisis and asked Democrats to do something. You know, within 10 hours, we had legislation on the floor and 192 of them voted no. Uh, which is the majority um, in, in their party, which you know, to, to, to the American public, it should tell them that these people really do not care about families. They don't care about babies. They don't care about the economic um, anxieties that you're feeling, any economic crisis that you're dealing with. They are constantly voting against expanding healthcare, and providing education, housing, everything that is essential um, for the American people they are voting against it while at the same time saying they are an America first party um, and will refuse at every single opportunity uh, the chance to actually provide for Americans and put them first and make them a priority um, in any sense. But, you know, many of us know you know, that we we are essentially um, running against a party whose entire agenda is focused on um, their billionaire friends and corporations, mm-hmm. uh, the expense of working people, a party that refuses to take white supremacists seriously, a party that literally tried to overturn the United States government on January 6th. And, you know, as as you were saying, a party whose Supreme Court is certainly hell-bent on taking away the basic rights um, uh, that women should have um, to, to have autonomy uh, over their bodies and make decisions for themselves. Um, and, you know, we, we, we are not dealing with a party that um, really cares about the American people.
0: I mean, we, we're all still, I think, reeling from the tragedy that happened in Buffalo um, over the weekend. And you know part of why I think we're reeling is because this kind of violence w- was so predictable, um, not just because it was a mass shooting, and we have way too many of those, but also because it was a white supremacist and so many people have been outspoken, including yourself, about the the threat posed by the you know Republican Party and Donald Trump emboldening white supremacy and white nationalists, um, not just during the Trump years but since. Um, you know, defending the, the people who stormed your place of work, uh, the Capitol on January 6th is, you know, engaged in a just normal tourist visit or, a, you know, re- regular political debate. Um, I mean, how important is it um, to be clear-eyed about the threat posed by white supremacy and white nationalists right now um, and, and how do you think we can start to marginalize hate in this moment? Because I feel like, you know, we, we talk a lot about how the, you know, Trump and the Trump base emboldens this kind of thinking, but we probably don't talk enough about how to marginalize these voices, which are a minority of the American people.
1: Yeah, I mean, this this is not normal <laughs> um, and it shouldn't be normal in every single American, um, including myself, should be heartbroken and infuriated. I wanna uh, first say my heart goes out to the families of the victims of the horrific shooting in Buffalo, New York. And imagine these were people who were targeted, who were killed while they were just trying to buy groceries. The horrific stories of people hiding in a freezer you know, telling their loved one um, at the checkout line that they were gonna go back and get milk um, and coming back, you know, and seeing their family member um, uh, gunned down. Um, it is, it's important for us to um, not become numb to these now near deadly mass shootings and we have to be clear about the source. This is white white nationalist terrorists who are openly um, uh, posing a threat to our country and its people. Um, this replacement theory is, you know, a, a white national ideology that has mm-hmm. been amplified by Republican media like Fox News. And leading figures in their party, and you know, the, this is not also the first time that we've seen the replacement theory be used as part of a mass murder.
0: Right.
1: You know, it, it was used to justify other heinous acts of terror, like in the uh, Christchurch massacre in New Zealand. Um, we saw it show up in the uh, Three of Three of Life synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh um, and, and it certainly showed up um, in that Walmart uh, massacre in, in El Baso. So we, ha- we have to be, continue to ask this question, when and you know at what length will um, uh, Republicans um, be pushed to have the courage to treat this threat Uh, with the urgency and the sensibility it needs. I mean, we are dealing with homegrown domestic terrorists that are terrorizing our most vulnerable in our communities. And if we are uh, serious about addressing extremism, if we are serious about addressing radicalization, we have to be talking about the root causes how people are getting radicalized, where they are getting radicalized, and 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 go to those sources and hold those sources accountable. We can't continue to have manifestos show up where you have figures within you know the 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 Republican um, uh, you know atmosphere um, and 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 then just ignore. <laughs> Um, that there, mm-hmm. these people have radicalized young people to commit mass murder. Um, we, would, we, we would address people like that if they were um, committing uh, terrorist acts in, in, in other parts of the world um, or if we were facing it as an international threat. So the fact that we are facing it here um, domestically and it is homegrown and, and we know the people who are radicalizing them. Um, we should be having a, a serious conversation about um, how how to criminalize it, how to marginalize it, how to uh, you know get rid of this this cancer that continues to to grow and um, infect uh, so many people.
0: One of the things that um, I believe it was Miles Taylor, um, and also um, Olivia. Um, I can't call her last name in this particular moment it's too early um but there are two officials from the trump administration um and both of them have talked about how there there may have been you know white nationalists or white nationalists sympathizing um staffers within the trump administration i mean you're in the congress with paul gosar and lauren bulbert and marjorie taylor green and it feels like i mean I hear you when you say the Republicans need to speak out against this extremism, but do you think it's possible with members like that within the caucus? Do you think it's possible for them to call out extremism when they're accepting um, of the extremists within their own ranks? I mean, it's not the same thing as Buffalo, but it is on the spectrum um, of, of what we saw in Buffalo being the very extreme end, but the rhetoric and, and the way that they even talk about communities of color being an invasion or, you know, always, you know, talking about a border crisis that's not happening, um, you know, those are dog whistles, um, on the same spectrum, um, with, you know, this, this problem and of white nationalism that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you, you are right. Um, the 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 call uh, is coming from from the inside. <laughs> um, you know, we we know that um, this is this is not just um, happening with, with their base and people who are buying in into their um, rhetoric, but it is it is being trafficked by elected leaders. It is. It was, um, and continues to be trafficked by people um, who, who you know, were mainstreamed by the pres- the former president and and his administration, um, and it's certainly coming from their trusted pundits on radio, on TV, um, on on the internet, uh, and if they don't take, you know, if people like Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy are not distancing themselves, condemning um, these people, condemning these these actions, working with us in coming up with solutions to address it, Um, then we are going to be in a worse place than we are today. Many of us since the election of Trump have talked about the rise of white nationalism uh, the, the threats they pose uh, and how the president's own rhetoric and his party's own rhetoric uh, really was emboldening these people um, and would ultimately lead to uh, you know, heinous acts against innocent people. Uh, and we've mm-hmm. seen it you know, over the last five and a half years it's happening over and over and over and over again. Uh, and I, I do hope that if they are not courageous enough um, to, to address uh, white nationalist threat in, in our country and the um, uh, domestic security problems it creates for us, then the American people are courageous enough to make sure none of these people will hold power. Because when you allow people like this to have um, the, the kind of political power that allows them to govern a country, you do give safeguard to extremists. And so if we wanna go back to um, being people who are serious um, about safety, people who are serious about, um, you know, creating a tolerant, inclusive society Uh, then we have to have conversations about love and compassion and making room for one another. And these people who can't condemn white nationalists within their own ranks, um, within their own communities, can't be the ones uh, who who lead us there. So we have to to pick a side. And I know I'm on the side of people who want to make sure that we are all safe, loving, um, and caring for one another.
0: I mean, one of the things I think a lot about, especially with the midterm elections coming up, um, you know, is is sort of how the Democrats can um, try to craft a message. That's always the questions. What's what's the message? But in a lot of ways, I mean, I think a lot of folks talk about how important this election is in terms of just the future of our whole democracy. Do you see it that way? Do you think this is the most important election we've ever had in terms of protecting our, our Democrats? Democracy and our democratic institutions, given the fact that you know you just had uh, it, an insurrectionist uh, win a primary in Pennsylvania for governor, um, so it feels like on on the, the flip side of the aisle they're they're going in an opposite direction. Um, but the heart of uh, the democracy is at stake um, in the 2022 election and in 2024. Do you do you wake up every day
1: thinking of it like that? Yes, um, but you 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 know you know all all of us every election say this is the most important. I know, <laughs> um, and so I don't I don't want people to hear that sentence um, and you know sort of dismiss it because they hear it over and over again. But in this election, you are right. Democracy is on the line, and you have a party um, that clearly doesn't care for, have reverence um, for our democracy. Uh, You have a party that really isn't anxious about what it means to protect our republic and a party that has a lot of people who don't fully comprehend what our constitution stands for and what kind of country we have been fighting for since our inception. And the stakes are high, um, and they're very, very clear. Uh, And I, I know that for a lot of um, decent Americans, this, this election uh, is going to be a really important one for them. I mean, it's, not comforting to know you know a third of um, the Republican Party believes uh, that the election was stolen still um, and you know that many of them um, you know might might not see the light of day but I do hope that the majority um, who who are you know decent, who believe in our democracy, who want to protect our republic, who believe in our constitution, do show up in the midterms uh, and make sure they give us the opportunity to create real serious safeguards um, in advancing our democracy and protecting our republic.
0: It's, it's so um, important to think of Stakes um and that they are yeah. high as you said representative Ilhan omar from minnesota's fifth district thank you so much for joining us this morning thanks for listening to mornings with zerlina we'll be back tomorrow with more news